Precision Grazing Podcasts. Meet the farmers and managers taking a pasture-first approach to their businesses, building productivity, profitability and resilience, whilst improving their environment and achieving a positive work-life balance. To learn more about how the Precision Grazing team can help your business, visit www.precisiongrazing.com and book your online appointment for a chat. Welcome back to Precision Grazing Meet the Farmer. A few weeks ago I took a little road trip to Devon and Cornwall and met with three inspiring farmers who have changed their farming fortunes by turning to a paddock grazing system. In this episode I'm talking with Tom Bird of Ormead Farm which sits on the Exmoor coast. Autumn really felt it had arrived as we toured the farm in the wind and rain but the views were very dramatic and um, seeing the sheep on the hills was fantastic. Tom, rightly so, was really proud of his farm and the changes he has made there. Um, you know, this year we've had that dry summer, the grass has recovered well with the rain coming back and he's adapted his system and attitude as well to being more flexible and making certain changes as he goes along. So let's go and find out more about Tom's story. So welcome to Tom Burge from Ormead Farm. Welcome to your farm office. <laughs> Thank you very much for meeting with me today. Uh, it seems that um, autumn has arrived on Exmoor. The rain has set in, certainly for this morning anyway. Yes, yes, it, it certainly has. Um, I was hoping to do the interview up on the hill, I was. Yeah, no, that would have been really nice, uh, actually. But, <laughs> it was but, a bit but, windy. Yeah, but yeah, no, it did come in. Yeah. No, it's always, uh, yeah, would have been nice, but I think the uh, those Scottish black bays running off into the distance told us yeah. the rain was coming. It was coming, yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. inside yeah. and get dry. <laughs> so um, I'm here today to talk to you about your precision grazing journey, your rotational grazing journey. So just as a bit of a background, um, can you tell me a bit about the farm? Yeah, so I, um, I'm fourth generation um, here. I, I came back in onto the farm in 2004 after traveling to New Zealand. Uh, previous to that I was an engineer and um, it, after being in New Zealand and, and seeing how their farms worked and stuff I decided um, I probably wanted to come home to try farming out. So I had the discussion with mother and father and they said yeah that's fine. Um, you can look after the sheep system and um, so yeah I set to work trying to make it a little bit more easier for myself and um, make a little bit more money. Um, I started with sheep genetics first, um, I moved the flock to a uh, New Zealand Highlander. What were you before then? What sort um, of system was it? Before then we were um, very native um, Exmoor Horns, Chiviots, um, Scotch Blackface. Uh, they was running about 2,000 ewes back then. Um, and I, I wasn't very productive, probably scanning around with 100%, if not less, because um, we didn't scan back then. Uh, and I thought I could have a more productive ewe maybe less sheep uh, and produce more lambs so that's what I set up to do um, I soon achieved that actually pretty quick within the first three or four years of moving over to the breed um, so what breed sorry did you move over to the New Zealand Highlander okay um, 
and Romley. Um, yeah, that's kind of essentially started going up. Um, so we was producing more live lambs, um, more kilos of live weight. And, um, but then I hit a point and I couldn't get above it. And so I started looking around and thought it probably is the feed quality. Um, so then I started thinking maybe fertilizer was the route I needed to go down. Um, so I started working with a, um, a chap called Sandy Campbell. Hmm. Um, and yeah, a couple of years of putting fertilizer on and stuff. Um, and then he said to me one day as well, I'm leaving the company I was with. Um, I'm going to work for Position Grazing. Um, and told me about Position Grazing and what James was up to. Um, it was very early doors back then. And um, I liked the sound of it. Um, being able to grow grass without using fertilizer. Um, so yeah, I went with Sandy to Position Grazing. Um, and then, yeah, he, he went out to New Zealand. Um, and he's still out there now, um, doing something very similar. Um, so yeah, James took me under his wing and we started to progress the system. Cool. Do you know what like changed Sandy's mind, just to go back like a step, because obviously he influenced you to come with precision grazing, what, I, I, do you I, know? Yeah, no, I'm not really sure, but I think, yeah, he could see that uh, probably the that that type of system was probably the way forward for him and yeah I honestly don't know really was he farming as well uh, no, no no just sort of no, going around and yeah. advising he and had that. done um, farming in New Zealand he had yeah so, um, yeah and then uh, so having that conversa- conversation with Sandy then was sort of just a catalyst of yeah. that change yeah it was yeah so he initially came in and we talked about it and um, it was like yeah we could try and do some rotational grazing and and our fields are quite big, um, so, yeah, so just explain the land actually to us where we are. Like, where are we? So Russia? yeah, so we're um, up on Exmoor on the north um, north of Exmoor, looking out over the Bristol Channel uh, towards Wales. Uh, the farm is the farm the farmyard is at seven hundred and fifty foot, and it runs up to fourteen hundred feet. Uh, we have an average rainfall of about 1,600 mils to 1,700 mils, uh, where this year has only been 700 mils so far. Oh, wow. So it's massively dropped. Um, yeah, the, it's got several different soil types. So up on top, it's most peat. Um, coming down to like the rivers, which is a sandy loam, um, and then sort of somewhere in between as it comes down over the hills. There isn't a lot of topsoil up here. Um, looking out of the office window at the side mm. of the hill and <laughs> yeah. I can see the stones um, so yeah we need to boil, uh, build more um, organic matter and soil uh, yeah so yeah we're going back to um, what Sandy was um, sort of idea he um, suggested to me that the big fields up top um, just do a trial area so it was about 150 acres uh, so we literally put um, Kiwi Tech uh, semi-permanent uh, electric fence down through the middle of these big fields um, and got it uh, techno mapped oh what's a techno map uh, so it was it got sent off to the, the area got sent off to New Zealand and they mapped it down to I think it was 
uh, 0.1 of a hectare. Oh wow. So I can break up that down to 0.1 of a hectare if I want to. Um, and I've got all the marks on the fence up there, um, so I could do, but I tend to just run it as hectare blocks. Yeah. Um, just it makes it so much easier for myself. Um, so yeah, we did that um, for oh, about a year, two years maybe. So how many, uh, on that 150 acres, how many sheep were in that mob or um, mobs? So yeah, so it started off with probably a couple of mobs going around, um, of probably 200, um, 250. Um, but since then I've, I've sort of moved to bigger mobs now. Um, still on a hectare? Yeah, 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 yeah still on a hectare. Uh, moving around, depending on the, the, the amount of feed there, that they, they either stay there for two days, three days, or whatever. Um, yeah. And then moving them on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just doing that trial, was that just a, like how quickly were you then like thinking, oh, we've got to get more land into oh, this? Oh, yeah, I was probably pretty convinced straight away. Um, I initially did it, where I struggled on this farm was the wintering because um, we used to just open the gates and let the sheep just winter over the whole farm. Um, and in the end, it just used to turn to one big mud pit. Mm. So I was like, no, Sandy, I need to get a bit of wintering system. So up top was our wintering area. So then through the winter, I moved them with bales. Um, and it worked really well. And then in the spring, when they came down to the lower ground to lamb, um, the grass behind it just came up, it just, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm convinced this isn't the way forward. Um, so the land uh, lower about by the farm, that had been rested all uh, winter then? Or? Yeah, so probably ought to go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we used to be indoor lambing um, until a couple of years ago. Um, until uh, James sort of convinced me that we could, um, well, it was always my idea was that I wanted to go outdoor lambing and I didn't know how to because I just couldn't get any grass at the right time of year. Um, so we sat down with James and we um, come up with a plan so we could lamb outdoors. So now we tuck onto our lambing paddocks um, and then the sheep go back up onto the hill and then they come back down to lamb. So when is lambing now then? So lambing is now it's the fifteenth of April, uh, the tenth of April. Um, and when they used to be housed? They used to be housed. Um, well, different sort of system again. Yeah. Uh, so they never really was housed. They only came in to lamb at night and then uh, by day, which is quite labour intensive. But was that like earlier in the season though? Were you? Yeah, yeah. So we were yeah first of April then. Okay, yeah, so so we haven't moved our lambing dates too much. No. Um, so having James come in and help look at that, you know, what did that give to you then? That sort of just someone coming into yeah, so it gave me the confidence to stop using um, or to move away from concentrates. So initially, we because we've grazed the whole farm all over the winter um, and there was no rest area, um, we were having to use um, fifty-five ton of cake. Um, and I could see the prices were going up every year. It was getting dearer and dearer. And I was like, we need to move away from this, James. And yeah, so we came up with a plan to lamb outdoors without, without supplements. Um, on just grass alone. And uh, yeah. And 
but you just say you're you're down to just a few tons of cake just for yeah. some triplets yeah just that... just just for the triplets um which i'm hoping to do away with at some point oh excellent um yeah and and maybe a, f- a few lighter twins um, yeah but yeah it's only six tons we use this year wow it's amazing isn't it yeah. that just that reduction, reduction and, um and which just is yeah you know, now it's a massive yeah massive cost saving cost and also saving. just even the labour I suppose just involved and in even like either bagging or getting the snacker out yeah. and going out and feeding and yeah so behaviour of the sheep as yeah, well yeah definitely behaviour so we when we used to lamb indoors at night um, we used to have three extra lambing staff a night lambing and the two other people helping through the day um, now it's just myself and, and the lad yeah and um, yeah so, so more savings there again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, do you find that the sheep are healthier for that? Yes, I reckon they are. Yeah, yeah. And um, are you getting um, easier lambing as well? Or yeah, yeah I reckon so. Um, yeah, no, it. We didn't seem to have any more problems or any less problems. Um, I think I actually um, had less problems lambing outdoors than I did indoors. Oh right. Um, yeah. Because we weren't picking up the bacteria indoors. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, nothing comes in, everything stays out, as long as it's fit and healthy. Yeah, yeah. It stays out. Yeah. Um, and so that system, um, was that easy for you to get your head around, that those changes? Um, I think it was easy for me because I had seen it in New Zealand. Okay. Um, and it was, it was the, the, my dream at the time, is to lamb outdoors and be like a New Zealand sheep farm, really. Yeah. Um, uh, it took a bit of um, for my father to get his head around it and my mother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they they love it now. Oh, they do as well. Yeah. So was it kind of like you had to sort of like sell the idea to them and then we'll give it a go and see how we get on? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've I've always struggled um, with convincing my parents of what I want to do. So I um, I use a very good technique: is um, I plant a seed. <laughs> And let them think about it for a few days or weeks, even years. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly they'll start talking about it or they see it somewhere else. And then you, you start watering it. So you start feeding the information <laughs> into them quickly and um, eventually they come around. Oh, well, you yeah. get there in Inve- the end. Even- yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just going back to where, like, you know, you said uh, when Sandy came on um, and, you know, you started with that, it was 150 acres. Um and that you were sold pretty straight away. What was it that sold you? Was it seeing that grass regrow pretty quick? Yeah, or no, was it, it... It, yeah it was seeing the grass suddenly just come back again, um, the little green shoots. Um, yeah, and, um, and I, I really got real enjoyment from turning sheep into you know, a, a good, good cover of grass. Yeah. Um, and just seeing the sheep just heads down, eating away. Um, yeah, not just wandering around all these sheep tracks everywhere, just wandering back and forward looking yeah. for that one blade of grass. Yeah, I mean, just the moment, just seeing that sort of change in their behaviour. Like, so we went up earlier just to do um, move um, a mob, and um, I mean, you open the gate and they were through within yeah. like literally minutes, um, weren't they? And yeah. heads down and then straight off over the new. Yeah. Paddock, wasn't yeah. they? So, yeah, literally, it was uh, 700 in, in, in that mob. Um, was there? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there 700 oh, there. Um, and literally, I just saw it is peg the electric fence down, and they, they was there waiting to cross. And yeah. They just hopped across and straight out. Wow. Um, 
I know. So, and I'm often trying to, I'll tell farmers about this sort of system and things, and they're like, oh, it's a lot of work though. You move 700 sheep. Yeah. With, you know, you, you didn't move. You, you know, you did the fence, stood by it, and they just they, ran they, they past moved, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I, I started, because um, I've got 13, no, I think I've got 14 actually free wire systems now. Um, and when I first started, I only had two. I, did, I bought two to prove that it was going to work. And it was hard work then because I literally had to pick up, put down all the time. Oh, but now yeah. I've got more systems so I can. Pick, you know, put it up sort of a week in advance um, so then we just go out one day and just put a load of fences up and then I've got yeah the rest of the week just, just to hop them across the fence yeah 10-15 you know, minutes job yeah, done. done so yeah just go back to that system then like how um, yeah what what how is it set out I noticed you've got the um, you've got the, obviously the Kiwi Tech yeah. fencing so, and the wooden posts so yeah so the the, the down for the middle of that, that particular system is um, just a KiwiTech semi-permanent free wire um, system, um, which then I attach the temporary fence into to split into the hectare paddocks or even half hectare or whatever size to meet the, meet the mob size. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so then are you set up for that whole... Are you like three days ahead or yeah so I'm set up at the moment I'm set up for up there for the 700 sheep is uh, five days ahead yeah hmm. so you're just always working a week in advance yeah yeah. Try to, yeah yeah and then um so when you sort of move them and you see that those new shoots growing have what has that what else have you have you seen a change in the quality of the grass or yeah so yeah it's definitely a quality in the change in the quality of grass um, yeah uh, more grass because grass grows grass, um, you <laughs> yeah. soon learn that. Um, the soil's got better, I think. Uh, I've seen seeing a lot more earthworms. Oh, um, great! Yeah, I'm I'm getting into the soil side more now, um, as my knowledge um, grows. Um, yeah. And obviously, like being so high up and it is wet on the moor, um, are you seeing better water infiltration? Do you think? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not seeing the runoff what we used to see because um, we do get a heavy rainfall. You know, sometimes we'll get real heavy rainfall, um, and it used to just run straight off the field and brown as well. So I knew it was taking soil with it. Yeah. But now leaving the cover there, and I'm only eating that one field, one one paddock at a time. Um, so if I do get run off from that, it's usually caught by the one below. Or yeah, yeah, because um, I think that's so important, isn't it? It's like mm. capturing as much rain, especially um, we've had that dry summer. Um, well, kind of was quite a warm, dry winter, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And um, how did you fare? How have you fared the last few months? Because obviously I'm seeing it. It's like lovely and green, and it's recovered. I've yeah, been... so yeah, it recovered really quickly. Um, after the first bit of rain, um, we destocked quite quickly. We weaned early. Um, we chucked the ewes out on the hill. Um, um, yeah, it did come out really, really quick. So that sort of, I don't know, do some farmers like maybe hold on to all the stock and not get rid of it even when it's the drought and like, oh, it should be better next week. Whereas, you know, you said you sort of got rid of quite quickly you yeah. reduce stock is that a sort of something you would have done or is that do you think that 
changing system it's like actually we've got to, the system's got to be more fluid yeah i think, think so or? i think i mean when you know when you, your knowledge has grown a bit and you realize that you, the grass is the feed for the next season as well and i knew i had to get the grass back to get me through the winter um without feeding so many bales and stuff um i probably should say we say we were a store you know we sell all store lambs and all store cattle um so i wanted to sell my store lambs early but there was no market early yeah. for them um so i had to keep them here on farm um and prioritize them as much as i could until the market came back to sell the store lambs um which is it's sort of come back now but it's not not great yeah um but by able to turn the user wean early and turn the user away um, onto the hill, um, it allowed me to do that. Yeah. And literally, I only had my store lambs and the the, the, the cattle running around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you just sort of managed to reduce that stock mm. and then you know keep yeah. on top of the grass that was yeah around. So yeah, I, was, I literally slowed slowed my rotation down, um, and they went around. The lambs went around as as big mobs running the whole farm try not to come back onto the same area um, too quick yeah so how long would you be resting a field for then in sort of in, in normal times? I I used to be the the 21 day you know sort of what you get sort of told um, but as I've got more experience there um, I've moved out to 30 days um, 35 days and I probably want to move out a bit longer really yeah um, on some fields so you're getting a longer sword yeah getting a longer sword um, and some fields are just naturally slower at recovering yeah. um, because we're all permanent pasture here. Uh, there's a couple of younger lays, but um, majority per- permanent pasture. Um, yeah. And have you seen changes in those permanent pastures in the last... Uh, yeah, they do recover years. quicker. Yeah. Um, there's a different type of grass coming in it. Um, ah. I think it's probably still an old-fashioned type of grass, but yeah. it's probably a more productive old grass. It's probably just been lying dormant, hasn't it? Waiting, yeah. waiting for its moment to come yeah, back and I shine think, again. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's that yeah. soil biology is changing. changing and yeah, yeah. Um, I do spread clover around um, various different ways, feeding it to the animals or the cattle, um, spreading it with a little quad bike spreader, and then mob grazing it afterwards to, oh, right. to push it in. Yeah, um, that has worked. Um, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it hasn't cost me much apart from a bit of time and yeah. a bit of clover seeds. Yeah, yeah. So you're not like sending out the tractor to plough it up or anything, no. are you? Just uh, thinking of which one has been the most successful way? Do you think? Well, I think probably feeding it to the cows and the minerals. Ah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're like doing all of it for doing, you. They're yeah, not even and they're it around. Um, yeah. Fertilising it at the same yeah. time, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. letting it go. Oh, interesting. So, I mean. Have you always, because you were an engineer, is that correct? So yeah. you maybe like your brain is sort of working at ways to find a solution. I think so, yeah. And I, I can sort of go into a field and look and, like, and see where the water is and I can just, I can build the, the fences in my head and yeah. just do it. Yeah. Um, so after like the first, you know, first touching base with like Sandy and James on the design and stuff and seeing how they did it. And I was like, well, actually I can probably do this in the house myself. So now I use Google Earth and just the knowledge of the land and stuff and yeah. to split the fields down. 
So I think like that knowledge of the land, do you think now that you are, you know, setting up fences and going out every day, do you think that knowledge has grown from when, you know, you first started? I reckon so, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, And I just keep wanting to split it down more and more. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd get one area done and then it's it's moving on to the next. And I've got a block of ground that we rent at the moment um, and it's got no water on it only at the bottom and I was like how can I get water up there and um, here's a hundred metres up to get to the top <laughs> yeah um, and yeah I'm already planning how so I'm is there it. a solar pump en route is there yeah I think or? it will probably because it's next there's electric there so it'll probably be a borehole pump uh, to pump up as high as I can get it and then probably solar pump again if yeah. we can and then just have um, a tank to store yeah, it and send and it back down yeah, yeah. Because water is crucial to this sort of system, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I've got several different water supplies, different water systems. I've built my own solar pump. Oh, wow. Being an engineer, well, you, I can do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I looked at the ones you could buy and looked in there and thought, nah, there's not much to it. <laughs> yeah, <I can laughs> um, yeah, built one and panels and yeah, it's worked really, really well. I kept up all summer um, with 40 cows and calves and... 250 ewes. Oh wow, so where's that water starting? That started in a stream, yeah. which then got pumped up um, 40 foot, um, which was to the highest point then in that bit, block of ground, and then yeah, down. And then into a tank? Yeah, into a tank, and then all over ground pipes. Split blue pipe yeah, to a... To troughs or Kiwi Tech um, hydrants. Yeah. Um, yeah. What sort of investment was that? Was that like... I know mean, you built it yourself, so there's probably some savings. But so yeah, the pump only cost me about 500 quid. Um, I've actually I've added two more panels to it because it was failing um, when the light started. Um, you know, getting darker nights. So, yeah. um, so hopefully the two more panels will keep it going through the winter longer. Um, and then the blue pipe laying across the ground is it's, it's nothing, nothing really. Yeah. Um, a bit of time. Yeah, no, I just sort of think because... Um, I don't know, like from some people I speak to, it seems like the water is the the, the mental block probably more so. It's like all the cost yeah, and what have you. But definitely. What do you think the savings are then from getting that water in place? Oh, the savings is huge. I mean, then you, it allows you to yeah, to to concentrate the animals on on the paddocks and rotate, and you can eventually then st- stop using fertilizer. Um, we don't use any fertilizer now. Um, we used to oh, forget what it was. Um, it was probably in the region of 40 or 50 tonne of fertiliser we wow. used to use yeah. um, we've been gradually dropping it out for the last 5 or 6 years um, and then this year just yeah, stopped it all together and the grass is looking so good yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit so like you know like that uh, green when it has just received a lot of mm. fert it's that so luscious green yeah. isn't it that it's, it's, a, it's building soil fertility I think and you know getting the, the animals to you know, urine and dung in, in the areas. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they've got all the good then, stuff in there. Yeah. They're just dropping it on the floor. <laughs> dropping drop it on the floor, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's even little techniques, like, because uh, our farm is quite a steep farm, is, yeah, they graze up top and then you in, in the night you shut them down onto the steep so then they, they drop all the dirt urine and dung oh. in the steeper fields. Um, I've done that in, in various different areas. Oh, have you? Yeah. So, yeah, being really concentrated yeah, yeah. and then building up that organic matter and yeah. soil fertility. So it's just that, isn't it? That brain, brain yeah, is just yeah. constantly I mean, thinking. It, it, yeah, it, it takes a little bit of work and, you know, it's a, um, but yeah, you get there. But I must say, like, um, obviously, just like 
you can just see like the passion of it on your face and the when you're talking about it it's just that real enjoyment of making it work mm. and it's sort of you know it's literally yeah you know all the things you're doing it's just for you as well isn't it yeah and, and the land and it's all without all the expensive input costs yeah you know, no fertilizer no no supplements and so um, all you know everything that you're earning then is literally coming back to you yeah not coming so. back to us yeah and um we've, we've like because you know with the store land prices being rock bottom this year um by not using any of that, I've actually I'm still making profit. I mean, it's a very very little profit, but I am still making profit this year. Yeah, and if you say if you would spend that on feed and oh, fur, yeah. well, you'd be. I'd be yeah. Um, so, you know, when you came back, you started making these changes. So, um, I'm just wondering because I would imagine like having to make sure you've got the money for feed and fur. There must be those stresses involved in that. Mm. And um, did you sort of? have those stresses or because you were sort of starting this system from when you came back or have you seen that maybe the change um, in your father mum and dad a bit more yeah uh, i mean one of the other things i did was get a farm management program um financial program um so i knew what my costs were ah. um and I'm, I'm, a, I'm begging you've got to know your costs yeah yeah every year know your costs um because it changes year to year um, and I've just got I've got it quite simple. I've got I me mean, we've got our accounts program, um, and then I just simplify that onto a spreadsheet that, that I can just play around with figures. Um, you know, if we have a bad scanning one year, it instantly just tells me what my price of my lambs might be. Yeah. Um, and where I can if I you know drop out fertilizer or add in fertilizer or plow a field. The cost of that, it's only then I can bring it across to, to to what it is in in price of lamb. Yeah. So um, you're doing that, you know, how much each lamb needs to be making you to cover that yeah, cost then? Yeah. So you, yeah. yeah. So I do a I do a budget every year, um, and then throughout the year I I put the actual costs in, um, and yeah, and so it's it's constantly moving. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't spend a great time on the computer because I'm not I'm not an indoor chap. Yeah. But I, I do like to know how much things are costing me. Yeah, but that, that time is then invaluable, isn't it? Because mm. surely, um, like, if as long as any of us know what we, you know, isn't it? Having that plan or that guide, it just sort of settles you a bit, doesn't yeah. it? it? Maybe takes the stress yeah. or also gives you something to aim for, I suppose, as well, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. it's like, well, actually, I need to make sure I can cut X even mm. more. And think of well, instead of ploughing the field, how else can I do it do to it, still yeah. get yeah, either yeah. the clover in or that new yeah. lay or what have you, isn't it? So we um, we we bale grace um, the cattle through from November to housing in January because um, we carve in February at the moment. Yeah. Um, looking to change that in in time. Um, probably should say that my father still has a big play in the cattle side of the business. Yeah. Another. It was their passion and the cows, um, and so they still want to do it their way. Uh, but I keep trying to set the seed to <laughs> maybe move to a outdoor calving um, and the winter out outwinter the cattle longer um, on bales um, and um, deferred grazing. Yeah. So yeah, and then um, by concentrating the cows into that one area, they they they're really making the, the building this, the soil fertility in that, that fields um, and hopefully um, I don't need to plough in, in time 
so then like the um why because this the cattle are disrupting it yeah, or disrupting because it, their yeah. muck is yeah. will be helping, helping the seed yeah, grow. yeah yeah um and the more understanding i'll get of um sort of regenerative side farming um yeah the more you want the to more <laughs> i want to do more cattle grazing outside for the winter um yeah i like the idea so we uh, went to see the bales, so they're all lined up ready, um, and this year you didn't bother with the wraps, so what did you make, hay instead? So I yeah, made hay this year, and the plan is to, um, I'm currently actually building a uh, bale unroller. Oh, right. Yeah, so it, it unrolls the bale across the field, um, so the cattle can um, graze the, um, the hay and tread some in, so it builds fertility. Yeah. So yeah. what do they? Uh, so then you'll have the fences set up. So they've got a long length. So bale yeah, one probably, end out. probably will do it square. Oh okay. Um, so that they don't walk the fence line. Ah okay yeah. Because um, we've done it in the past. We've done it long length, um, and they just walk up and down, and you get a nasty mark along the fence. Yeah. Um, and then last year I did it in square blocks, uh, but I had round bales uh, with solid wrap on um, with feeders. And the only area of the whole field that was ruined was around the feeder, oh, wow. which then needed reseeding. Yeah. Um, so literally, we went in, just disc the field and reseeded it. Yeah. Um, but the plan is to go away from reseeding, really, if I can. Yeah. Let the natural seedbed yeah. do its thing. Yeah. So the plan is not to, ha- to unroll the hay, and hopefully I don't have that poached, poached area. Yeah, I suppose because the hay will be protecting it as well, won't mm, it? As well yeah. as the trampling and the feeding, but, yeah. seeding. All the good stuff all should good be stuff, good. Yeah. Should be going on organic matter building and yeah. oh, it'd be really interesting to see that and then the changes that mm. come back with that field. So yeah, I feel like I've got it. It's another phase of my of my farming um, story. Is now I've sort of discovered regen and read the books and I want to go a bit more regenerative farming and yeah. that sort of way. Um, yeah, because when we were out earlier, you said you um, you know the this sort of all started because you felt you were at that bit of a crossroads. So I suppose that was where you changed the genetics. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. saw better yeah. lambing percentages. So yeah, changed the genetics. Um, yeah, then they improved my grass, which then um, they allowed me to go outdoor lambing, which then allowed me to cut my supplements out, which then with fertilizer started to go up in price. I realised that I couldn't keep spreading fertilizer, um, which then starts you thinking about regenerative site regenerative farming um, and all the soil biology and getting the soils to work for you so it just keeps moving all the time it never it never stands still it doesn't does it but then nature doesn't is no. it like you know it's that cycle isn't it that, and you are now back in that cycle yeah aren't you when both doing this you're sort of becoming part of it again part aren't it, you yeah yeah and like as you know you, you said you're a fourth generation farmer here I mean how does that sort of feel that you're do you feel back in that cycle or am I just sort of like maybe putting um, words in I, you? I, 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 don't know. I do feel a lot of pressure on me not to muck the farm up and, you know, fail the farm really. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to keep it going for the next generation for my um, little girl. Um, yeah. And hopefully, well, if she wants to take it on, yeah. she doesn't have to. But um, do you feel like that from doing this sort of system that that will... It, you know, oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, mm. fantastic. Um, so 
that next crossroad is that's the regen is it yeah think? i think so um yeah um moving to carving outdoors probably um getting them more of a, a planned grazing or a planned adapted grazing um worked out yeah i i like structure i like to know where my animals are going to be yeah um and um you know, when the days when I am off farm, I, I like to know that the the the, the chap that helps out, he can just carry straight on, and he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I suppose that's like down to also you know a plan, but also that good communication yeah. and you know the knowing that system, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, is the person that helps you are they full time with you? Or yeah. Do they so just yeah, he's yeah. a young lad. Um, yeah, he's full time. He's really he's passionate about um, regenerative farming and. Yeah. All that and, yeah. So is that something he was doing previously, or is it learning from you? No, no. You? He, so he um he he came from a different. He was a plumber before. Oh right. Um, and he went off to New Zealand. Um, and decided he didn't like plumbing out there, and went and worked on a sheep station. Um, yeah, and then moved back to the area. Um, yeah, and then joined the joined the team about. Oh, probably two and a half years ago now. Okay, yeah. So yeah. he'd sort of already seen the system and yeah. so knew what you were trying yeah, to achieve. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and he likes it, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it so, yeah. It's good, because uh, sometimes, like, I should imagine, though, isn't it, is that you've got to bring the people with you on the journey. Yeah, I think you have, yeah. It's, yeah, definitely. And make those changes with you. And um, have you seen, like, other improvements? Like, so obviously, you know, the soil and... What have you have you seen like changes to like livestock or the diversity of species um do you think or yeah i think so um yeah, the livestock were definitely happier um i'm happier yeah um, yeah most of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah no yeah because uh, i think it's those changes isn't it because again like uh, um just that oh you know it's gonna oh I'm too busy to make the changes what would you say to those sort of people like oh you know I haven't got time to like think of it or look um, into it or yeah no I, I know exactly where everyone comes from um but yeah you just literally gotta just do it yeah um, I was one of the chaps too busy to do it um but I knew I had to do it so I just had to find a way to do it um and I'm one of the chaps as well that like to do everything himself uh-huh. so I put all the fences in I didn't get anyone else to help so which made me even more busier <laughs> um, I've sorted all the water out between us and um, yeah so hopefully in you know, a few busy years it should get quieter and yeah yeah so where did like James and Sandy help with that was it you know what would, just, did they bring just discussing stuff and how to do it um Initially, just seeing the the first system put in by them, um, and seeing how 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 it all worked, and then led me to just move to doing blocks. So I started off, yeah, started off doing that hundred and fifty acres. Once I got that working, then we we picked another two or three hundred acres and done that and split that down. Um, I've still got parts of the farm I haven't done yet. Um, and is do you want to? Is the hope to bring them into the to the system then? Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Um, the farm can be split down to a hectare or the whole farm. We've got water everywhere now. Yeah. Um, but it's using temporary fences instead of semi-permanent. Um, and 
as I move forward, it, it, we're replacing those semi permanent uh, semi permanent fences with permanent fences. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, because yeah, you've got the uh, what makes it the steel clip clipex clipex yeah. around. Yeah. Um, which uh, what you saying? You should be getting thirty years out. 30, of those. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Hopefully, we can um, play the system a bit and get a few environmental grants and tree planting stuff to uh, plant some shelter belts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, uh, like, it was just for wasn't it? Like, we were saying how, um, you know, your grandfather took out hedges and made yeah. the fields bigger, and now you're desperately trying to make them all smaller. smaller again. And, uh, yeah, and put the hedges back. The hedges and back, isn't yeah. it? Exactly where the hedge was removed, more isn't less, it? Yeah, more or less exactly where, yeah. It's funny, it just, that's just how it works and how it, it fits that field really well. And you think, well, yeah. <laughs> we take yeah, it out, um, but it was the incentive too, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's a, you know, a way that we were pushed down and like, or make your fields bigger for yeah. to feed, etc. Yeah, yeah. And we've um, just actually just moved the footpath off one block of ground uh, that went diagonally across three oh, fields, oh. Um, which meant I could not split it anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I've, had to move the footpath with the national park um, so now it goes around the edge um, so then we now we can spit those fields down oh perfect yeah um, and within that I've been able to um, fence off the footpath and hopefully plant trees as well oh good if the grant comes oh. So that, yes, there's lots of benefits to that. Yeah. I must say, like, when I use footpaths that go directly across a field, I'm always like, oh, my God, mm. just let me walk around the field. Oh, yeah, and like, you know, certain times, yeah, I just had to put a fence across it because I just knew I needed to graze it properly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I had to put, like, a temporary gate in. And, yeah. Yeah. But it's done now, and no, uh, yeah. you'll yeah. see the benefits. Yeah. Um, and, like, what do, you know, your neighbours and fellow farmers think about what you're doing? Oh, they, th- they think I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I do, um, especially when I first did the bales in a line, um, they were wondering what the hell was going on. You start, like, a pheasant uh, shoot or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did, because they were so perfectly straight as well, and we marked them out, so it was literally, um, what was it, like, it was seven metres between each bale. Oh, right. Um, um, two lines going down over this field, and yeah, pe- people were taking pictures of it and they couldn't work it out. Um, and everyone kept asking me, which I loved in there. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then the most rewarding thing is when you see other farmers start doing exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, why the seven metres? Oh, uh, it just happened to be that, that spacing for that field, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, it's not. Uh... So, yeah, we worked out how much the animal needed to eat to do maintenance. How much grass is in the bale, um, and it just the, the spacing happened to be for that size field was seven meters. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, would you be using a program to work that out with? Or no, is it... no. It's just um, what I've learned off James um, and the discussion groups, um, and just doing it myself and playing around and you know adapting if yeah. it hasn't worked. Yeah, because like although you know there will be the system. As each farm is individual, isn't it? It's got to vary, and, yeah. and that's the beauty of its flexibility, isn't it? Yeah, and also it's like the weather as well. Yeah. You know, if you've got you've got a wet, wet couple of weeks coming in, you give them a little bit of a bigger area and stuff. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, I was very much this is it, and I could see I'm, I mucked the field up by over poaching it, and yeah, it's just just adapts it to the weather conditions and yeah. field and. And it's. Um, and is that worth then knowing like what the soils you've got underneath them? Because if it's a, um, that will 
act differently or is it just you go on the weather and what's uh, on the yeah, ground? Yeah, mainly you go on the, the, the weather and the grass cover. Yeah. Uh, if the grass, you know, if there's a good grass cover um, and they're going to trample a bit in um, and the weather's, you know, going to be bad, just give them a little bit more. Yeah. Or move them a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So are you down to like on some days twice a day movement? Oh, I can do. I try not to because um, yeah. I suppose you're taking more of the forward feed then. Forward aren't feed, you? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have done in the past when it's really, really bad, or I will slow them up and make them a smaller area and then move them. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, move yeah. Them a bit quicker. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, but you could always go back and graze it later on. Yes, that's so, true. So if you move through the system a bit too quick. Um, especially in the winter time when it's um, you know it's not growing and you're just tidying up, you know if it's a bit wet, you know for a couple of days you can you can come back and revisit it. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Because it's uh, yeah, because it's had that rest again, hasn't it? Yeah. And uh, grass yeah. does keep growing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Slower, slower, but it slower, is still yeah. growing, isn't yeah. it? So, um, the discussion groups. How is that like? local one or is it more of a national one is so it? um we've got a couple with james is our little um southwest group um which we go on there and um, chat about various different things um and then we've got a national one um which is england base only um and yeah there's some really great farmers on there and uh, there's some good ideas that you just pick up and take and try it on your own farm yeah i was gonna say because it that must be like a really important thing, isn't it? Yeah. Discussion group and um, yeah, there's there's a, there's some there's some great farmers on there that you know interact a lot. There's some great ideas and photos and what they've been up to and links to other podcasts. Um, yeah, which then gives you more ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that must be because I think isn't it? You know, farming can be quite isolating, but having that's what something the technology has brought, isn't it? it like does, social yeah. media, even the Zoom and what yeah, have you, yeah. means you're suddenly, and I presume like WhatsApp probably WhatsApp, plays a big yeah. part in your... A couple of my mates and stuff, which are um, doing similar things on Exmoor. Um, we've got our own little WhatsApp group as well, and oh. we just send pictures and yeah. talk and stuff. I mean, it's good just having that support, especially yeah. like when it is either, you know, we've had the drought, and then I presume when it gets so wet as well, you know, there's the extremes. And yeah, it is, yeah. Is it just having that support of knowing someone else is doing that as yeah, well, yeah. or going through the I same? Mean, even if it's just sending your um, rainfall for that day. <laughs> it's a little competition. To your mate, like, yeah, we've, we've, we've had 30 mil today. <laughs> and like, oh, we haven't had hardly any. <laughs> yeah, it's a sort of good, mm. yeah. Um, what would you, like, say to someone that was, you know, thinking about doing this, or, like, looking over the fence and thinking, oh... He's got some grass. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say come in and have a farm tour. I mean, I, I love showing people around the farm. Yeah. Um, yeah, i got nothing to hide. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, if someone's just, like, needed that push, what would yeah. you sort of say to them? Yeah, no, um, get, yeah, just just get on and do it, really. Yeah, go and, um, yeah, contact James or come and have a farm tour or talk to another farmer that's doing it. Yeah, I think that's key, yeah. isn't it? Just sort of getting... Because again, like when I'm speaking to farmers, someone like, well, how do I start? Mm. And um, I think that just getting that first little starting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, start small and just grow the system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially if if not all the families on board. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, isn't it that when you see that fresh grass growth within a few days? Yeah, it's quite addictive. That seems to be the turning. That's yeah. like the light bulb moment. Yeah, it is. That is a light bulb moment. Yeah. That back um, fence has gone up mm. and 
grass yeah. is growing. Grass is growing, yeah, and you actually see it's growing. Uh, where on a set stock system, you never ever see it grow. No, it just depletes and yeah, depletes. Depletes, <laughs> yeah, and then it gets wet and just turns to mud. <laughs> yeah. And then you just see it run down the run down the road. Yeah. Which is what we really yeah. want to be stopping. Um, what surprised you most about all of this? Hmm. Um, how little it cost um, in the grand scheme of it. Yeah. Um, how well the stock adapted to the electric fence because we never had any electric fences on here when we first started. Um, we didn't think they would you know, respect it at all, but they literally did. Um, what else? Um, yeah, and just how how the grass just grew and grew. Yeah. yeah. With no fertilizer. No fertilizer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that's it's just like magic, isn't it? Really. It is, yeah. Um, oh, um, I mean, we all get difficult years. I mean, we just this is probably the difficultest year I've ever been through. Yeah. Um, since I've been back on the farm, um, but it has recovered really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really um, has, and you can see that. I mean, I've, I have destocked a little bit um, because I haven't got the winter feed to go through. Uh, so we dropped all, uh, we dropped um, the older cows out of the system. So anything that was coming to the age would be probably sold the following year. We've literally said, look, we'll just get rid of them. Cow, cow, cold price is good. Yeah. Um, and same with the ewes. Any, anything that didn't really bounce back um, or was looking too lean. I, I just yeah took it to the coal market and just cut my lo- cut my losses. Yeah, but actually that's gonna be Hope- beneficial moving yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully by doing that, I've you know, I, you know the sheep are putting condition back on real quick. Um, yeah, they're looking good. So hopefully they they flushed up well and and they cross fingers they scan good. Yeah, yeah. So what's like what does the future hold for Ormead Farm then? Where's its next? So yeah, I think probably the future is. Um, the regenerative farming route um, and locking carbon into the ground. I'm just starting to learn about carbon and all that sort of side. Um, I, um, I, 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 I get quite excited about that side of the the, the, the farming system now. Um, yeah, uh, probably reduce the sheep numbers a bit and increase the cattle numbers. Yeah. Um, I want to go organic. And eventually, I want to sell my own meat in a yes. in a farm shop, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You were mentioning it's your was it black faces yeah. on the hill. So yeah, my Scotch black faces up on the hill. We've um, on a particular moorland block. We run our weathers out there. Um, we keep them to three to four years, and I sell them as a premium. Mutton, yeah, uh, which tastes lovely. Um, look us up. Yes, next more premium mutton. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I just do you think like you were more excited about farming this way now? Yes, I think so. Definitely, yeah. Um, I would love to drop out the the store lambs out of the out of the, the business, um, and have a more premium product to sell. Um, but the farm is. Is a type of farm that does produce store lambs. Yeah. Um, we don't. We can't finish stuff here, so it might be the the cattle. Uh, we can grow a very good cattle here, um, and get them to good weights. 
maybe in time I will be able to finish them. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But, but this system is offering you that flexibility, flexibility now, yeah. isn't it, to make yeah. those decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. year on year? Not yeah. like thinking, oh, we've no. chosen this. That's it. You can yeah, yeah. adapt every. Yeah, and you you adapt yourself um, from year to year. Um, yeah. And do you think that yeah that excitement and that ability to adapt? Is yeah. that helping you grow? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, I'm just yeah, just wanting to learn more about different ways and yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that's sort of you know something like just came across like when we were looking around at the stock and things. It is, isn't it? It's I kind of said myself at starting looking at like this way and if it's holistic grazing, regenerative mm. mob grazing, it just opens up your world to yeah, it does, yeah. different way of thinking and yeah. seeing things and yeah, definitely. And I think that's, um, yeah, I just think that's really powerful in itself. Um, do you think you've taken the power back to yourself and your farm? Or the control, maybe? Yes, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, being less reliant on all the inputs, um, yeah, definitely gives you much more control. Um, yeah. And does that give you a sort of strong sense of self in that going forward? Yeah, I do, do yeah, especially with all the subsidies and all that changing, um, yeah and not knowing where you're going to be going or where everything's going um yeah keeping your cost to the minimum is is probably the way forward especially for this far yeah and where it's basically you've got everything that you need to, i mean you've got grass cover mm. rain and yeah and sunshine and sunshine yeah and they're just do all doing their own yeah. thing aren't they yeah, yeah yeah less is more yeah <laughs> less is more well on that note we shall end and thank you so much for um let me come and see you and show me around yeah. your very beautiful farm. Very dramatic up here. So, yeah, yeah good luck with the next uh, crossroads. That yeah, you're gonna... no, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Tom there from his farm upon Exmoor. As we sort of mentioned, um, you know, getting to that crossroads and seeing things differently is so important for you to grow and also for your business to grow, whatever that business is, if it is farming or, you know, other. Just looking at those things differently is a real light opener. And um, for me, it's such a pleasure to be able to go and meet these farmers who are making those positive changes to their farm. But, you know, they're not doing it on their own. They are reaching out and asking for help from companies such as Precision Grazing. So if you want to start making those changes and taking back that control for your farm, for your business and for your family and yourself, you know, that's so important. Um, Get in contact with Precision Grazing um, at www.precisiongrazing.com to book your free consultation. I really think this is one phone call that you're not going to regret making.